turn up your radio, it's time for DeLorean Talk with your host, Dave Tavers. Hi, everybody. Welcome again to an episode of DeLorean Talk. My name is Dave Tavers, VIN number 10515. Uh, it's been a little bit since I've done an episode. Part of that is just the way life works. You get busy and have a lot of things going on. And even though I love doing this, I I'm always thankful for everybody that sends in comments and writes things online. It is great to hear everybody's stories. And I would love to do more of these, but a hard part is scheduling, getting people to commit to, you know, 45 minutes or an hour plus to get on the phone. So uh, if you are ready and willing, shoot me an email and say, here's a couple of dates and times and I'm available. Evenings usually work best. I say evening after five o'clock is usually good. Today, I'm excited to have uh, a perfectionist on the line. <laughs> this is Call Bennett from Northern California, from the Bay Area. Welcome, Call. Hi, Dave. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, and thank you for joining. Uh, you, you just had a baby how long ago? Oh, my goodness. One month ago. Uh, well, four weeks ago. So he's he's actually crying in the other room now. So I'm, I'm doing this call from the garage. The door to the kitchen is soundproofed, so you might hear a little echo. So hang in there. Well, then tell your wife thank you as well for watching the baby while you do this. <laughs> Yeah, she needs she needs extra thank yous for that. She just looked at me. She gave me the devil eye as I watched out, walked out to the, oh, no. the garage. She was like, I said, I'll see you in an hour. And she's like, an hour? <laughs> <laughs> now, but did she say it with the same accent? Because you have an accent from Scotland, right? I do, yeah. Although I've been living in California now for six and a half years, so it's definitely tamed a little bit, uh, just so my work colleagues can understand uh, what I say. But yep, I'm from Ayrshire in Scotland. Uh, I've been living out here for, yeah, six and a half years. Awesome. Uh, did you meet your wife here? Or did you? Is she also from Scotland? No, she's she came all the way from Scotland. Uh, it was a kind of a long story, but she, she put her career in hold to come over. And um, since uh, she moved over, she's managed to get her career back on track. And now she's a, she works as a lawyer in Silicon Valley. So she's kicking ass. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You, yeah. Some, you're, you're kind of a power couple because you're also working at Apple, right? Doing design? I do, yeah. I work for the design team at Apple. Uh, so it's a, it's a slight change. I work product side now, um, sort of UI design. I used to work in the marketing side um, many years ago, but it's it's great. It's a really great job. I, I love Apple. I'm like the fanboy that works for the company they love. <laughs> nice. So uh, and I'm a total I'm a total perfectionist as well, which is uh, an interesting an interesting way to be when you own a DeLorean. That's for sure, because there's no such thing as a perfect DeLorean, and it's a an endless headache of uh, trying to make your car perfect. So. Well. And of course, that goes to what level of quote unquote perfection you want, because I've talked to a few people that want to do these Concorde DeLoreans. I'm like, is that even possible? Because there was so many changes throughout the, that short run of cars that I don't know. I don't per, I'm a new owner two and a half years, so I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty opinionated. I've seen a lot of different things and a lot of people writing saying this is correct and that's not. But then someone else disagrees. So. Uh, what level uh, are, are you trying to get your DeLorean to? Do you want to have it be the rolling off the line perfect or just it looks perfect? Um, oh, good question. I want it to be kind of rolling off the line perfect, but also have all the updates done. So my kind of dream scenario is almost Concorde condition, but with all of the you know electrical updates done, with you know the fuel pump changed out, so that it's safe and reliable. Because you yeah. know I don't want to go for a drive down the coast with my wife and something you know something crazy goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, and to to be Concorde, you need you know the original bottle in the back, and of course I've got the steel. So I, I it's it's accurate, but it's not accurate, and I don't really care. Uh, Good. I just yeah. Good. <laughs> I usually start off with some of the more obvious questions, like what's your VIN number. Yeah, my VIN number is uh, 04998, so it's a, an October 1981 car. And you came here from Scotland six and a half years ago, and did you already, I think you said you bought the car six years ago, so it sounds like you bought the car as soon as you moved here. No, I didn't. I actually bought it just under two years ago, so you're, oh. I think I'm a newer owner than you, actually, Dave. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, year and a half. It's cruising towards two years, but it's been an amazing almost two years of ownership it's it's had its ups and its downs and it's been a crazy ride 
but uh, I, I it's like owning your dream. I mean, it's, I mean the DeLorean is my dream car. I think everyone that's listening that owns a DeLorean is probably their dream car. And uh, yeah, I didn't want to cut corners when I bought my car. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to try and find one of the nicest ones I could, and then go from there. So it's been it's just been a hell of a ride. It's nice. been really good fun, and I've met a lot of really great people too up in Northern California. We've got a really active um, owners group. I am jealous. You guys, you have some great people up there. I was up there last November for Thanksgiving and randomly said, oh, let's see who's nearby that maybe I'm already friends with on Facebook and uh, ended up meeting up with a handful of owners who had never met me. I'd never talked to them, showed up. I had driven my DeLorean up there, so that helped and just yeah. got along great. And uh, yeah, I'm jealous to, to see how often you guys get together up there. Yeah, we, we're a good bunch. We've got a, uh, there's a lot of owners up in Sacramento. There's a few owners in the Bay Area and area here. I think there's more than we think. It's kind of a weird area where I take my car to Cars and Coffee up in Blackhawk with Mayor, and the amount of people that have come up to us and said, "Oh yeah, I've got a DeLorean too. It's in the garage. You know, it's needing restored." And it's just like, <laughs> how many owners are there actually in and around the Bay Area? And one of the owners that lives in Blackhawk. Um, found a guy, I think, just along his street, a couple of blocks away, that's got one in his garage too. So it's one of those, one of these crazy areas where I keep thinking there's like maybe ten or fifteen owners, but I think there's more like thirty or forty owners in the Bay Area. It's kind of crazy. I'll bet there's way more than that up there. Uh, the, I, I always hear Possibly. that California was kind of the primary market, right? They really wanted to sell to California because it was the good weather and yada yada. Um, you know, with 9,000 yeah, pro- cars. Yeah, probably more than, yeah, probably more than that, but maybe active owners, maybe. Oh, right. I'm not sure. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, it, but it's a great community. Uh, really just uh, such a great bunch of people and everyone knows so much about their cars. You know, I'm kind of the, the novice. You know, I can do the basic things in the cars, but I, you know, I rely on the experts to do the major stuff. Yeah. But then you've got guys that really know the cars inside out, which is really helpful for minor issues and troubleshooting yeah. because it can get very expensive when you go to the, you know, the bigger franchises and the, yep. you know, the real experts. So you have to try and balance things out or DeLorean ownership can get incredibly expensive. And that's where that community is just amazing. I, I don't know if you've met Chris Miles yet. He's in Fresno, Central California. Yeah, he, and yeah he's great. He came to our meet uh, in San Jose about three months ago, just before the holidays. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. Oh, man. And he knows so much. So I am, and I, I did an episode with him, oh, and in November-ish. And he's helped me on my car a bunch on, uh, I say a lot of little things, but on a DeLorean, a lot of little things add up. And I'm just ecstatic with the things he's helped me on. I'm super thankful. I always tell him, we talk regularly now, and I'm like, you're lucky we don't live near each other because I would be bugging the heck out of him. (laughs) Is there not much of a a user? Like, what's the community like down where you are? I mean, you think you mentioned to me in the past that it's not great. Have you managed to improve things since then? You know, I met about, my very first outing was two and a half years ago, St. Patrick's Day Parade, and I met like six owners right then. That's about the activity in the area, but uh, that's for right here in Orange County. I don't, you know, the way California is broken up. Southern California, you've kind of got, you know, uh, Los Angeles, Orange County, and then San Diego, and then San Bernardino. And um, in Orange County, even though we have DMC California right here, 15, 20 minutes away from me, they're just yep. there's not a lot of people here in this area doing things. San Diego is they've had a great group and they're building it even more. We they had a tech day a couple months ago. They had twelve DeLoreans there, which was fantastic. Uh, yeah. In LA, I don't know that they have much of anything, but um, I just formally started the Orange County DeLorean Club for trying to get some more of these cars out. And surprisingly, a few more people have been coming out than have come out in the past. So I'm hoping to try to build it up and do some more of the, you know, copy you guys in San Diego and Seattle and Ohio and, you know, just try to get some more activity of uh, whether it's a Thursday night burger meetup or a cars and coffee or tech event at at one of the owners that I just met uh, that's in Anaheim Hills. So hopefully we'll get the, get the community going again here in Orange County because this is a, this is kind of a place where a lot of the, a lot of DeLoreans were back in the day. And I don't know yep. where they're at now. Like you say, they're hidden in garages and, people forget about them yeah the meet the meetups are great because i mean when you're driving your delorean you don't get to see it 
<laughs> it's this weird, this weird thing. So when you're, you you get together with other people, you almost get to enjoy your car even more because you get to see them, you know, driving about. You know, you're you're in front of one, you're behind one. You get yeah. to really enjoy the cars. Uh, so that's one of the, that's the biggest benefit for me, apart from the social aspect and meeting everyone, is just getting to see a DeLorean on the road yeah. that I'm not in. <laughs> that you're not in. Because same thing. Yeah. I, it, it's not until I've been to a couple of events and driving behind other DeLoreans, I realize how terrible our rear taillights are. So I'm, <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of mods out there and I'm working on my own and I'll put something out there. But um, there's just, when you're driving a DeLorean at, at night, two little tiny red squares and that's it there's no other light you can't see any much more of the car but you only see that when you're yeah. driving behind another delorean you've got to get the led upgrades dave you, um they make a huge difference i've got the led upgrades i just i want ah, okay. more i want the whole back of the car oh, more. lit up <laughs> <laughs> so you have only had the car about a year you've gotten involved in the community this was your i always call this car my holy grail I, i've i've had a sailboat i've had a condo in Seattle. I've done a bunch of all the stuff I wanted. This was the only kind of thing that I, I that was on my list, and now I've got it. So, how long did you want the DeLorean before you finally got it? Did, was this something that dates back to Scotland, or was this something that happened over here? Uh, think like everyone. Um, I was uh, six years old when Back to the Future was out, and <laughs> I just remember the the car reversing out of Doc, Brown, Doc Brown's van and falling in love with it. And yeah. I was obsessed with it. Ever, nice. I've been obsessed with it ever since. So um, living in Scotland, there's not a lot of um, DeLoreans in Scotland. There's certainly not a lot of DeLoreans in the UK, as far as I'm aware. And I always knew that most of the DeLoreans, you know, were in America. So when I, I was probably going to buy one from Scotland at some point, but you know, of course, the the logistics of buying a DeLorean when you live in Scotland is going to be pretty tricky because yeah. you have to fly out to see every single car. So living out in California now, I finally convinced my wife. Um, <laughs> I've been looking for a long time. I've been looking, keeping an eye on, you know, the usual, like, you know, eBay and all the different listings and all the different websites. Oh, for the past 12 years, um, of course, you know, not really having the money to buy one. <laughs> so, although I think we all know that if I had the money to buy one, we, we should have bought them years ago because yeah. the, the values have appreciated so much. Right. However, um, so my wife finally allowed me to buy one um, two years, almost two years ago. And uh, I, I bought the car that was always my reference car. Uh, and it was a weird kind of roundabout story. I remember, you know, frequenting DMC talk. And um, I saw a particular user posted photos of his car, a guy called Ben, who's one of the moderators there. And I just remember seeing photos of his car going, whoa, that's nice. And he had photos of the underside. I mean, people were like, man, you could eat your dinner off this thing. And I just kept thinking to myself, that is the car I want to get someday, something like that. <laughs> and eventually, a long story short is um, I reached out to Ben. Well, I actually posted on DMC Talk. And one of the users suggested, well, hey, why don't you check out Ben's car? And the reason being, I wanted a very particular configuration. I wanted the gray interior, manual transmission, grooved hood, rear antenna. And, uh, you know, when you limit your search down to that particular configuration, you, you know, you, your your pool of cars are a lot less, yeah. especially ones that are in good condition. Or running so, at all. Exactly. So I find, so I, I sent an email to Ben and I said, hey, would you be interested in selling it? He said, I was thinking of selling it a couple of years ago. No, I'm not really interested in it. So I managed to talk him around um, Wait, and I flew out you, to Atlanta. You, you, he didn't list it and he didn't talk about it. You just addressed him and said, hey, can I buy your car? Yeah. Basically, wow. yeah. <laughs> Those are big balls, man, because I, I, I've had one note in a parking lot that, that somebody scribbled very poorly, and they wrote, if you ever want to sell your car, call me. And it looked like it was from a 15-year-old kid, but that is gutsy, <laughs> man. You got an active owner on DMC Talk that you're like, can I buy your car? Wow. Basically, yeah. So I sent him an email, and uh, he said, I might be open to it. And I said, right, we'll think about it. So <laughs> we came to the conclusion where I, I flew out to Atlanta. He lives in Atlanta. And I flew out, and I spent um, a you know, good portion of an afternoon with my flew out and flew back the same day. But we got to know each other. We sh showed him the car, and I fell in love with it as soon as I saw it. It was, it, it, you know, I'm sure there's tons of beautiful cars out there, but this was by far one of the nicest I'd ever seen. Um, he had a lift in his garage and he used to, he told me that every time he drove it, he would put up in the lift and detail the underside, wow. not just the, not just the top. So this is the kind of car you want to buy when you buy a used car, a car from someone that's really not wanting to sell it and takes really good care of it. And this guy, Ben, is such a lovely guy, total obsessive perfectionist like myself. So I fell in love with his car and, 
And then the following week, I flew out again to Atlanta. I jumped on a plane two weeks in a row to Atlanta and I spent some time with him and got to know him a little bit better. And he really wanted to know that I was going to take care of his car. Sure. Because he, he, he'd owned this car for about 20 years um, and it had been his, you know, his pride and joy. His kids, you know, were, you know, knew the car. They, they almost thought they had a, a, you know, a movie star in the garage. So he, he, could, he had a kind of tough time with the idea of selling it. I think he was considering selling it years ago, but he couldn't go through with it. <laughs> and basically, long story short is I promised to take ridiculously, you know, good care of the car. Uh, I tried to prove that I was a perfectionist and I almost had to inter. I felt as if I had to interview to buy the car. <laughs> uh, and eventually he, he said, we, we came to a figure that he, you know, where he was happy with and he said, yes, but when, even when saying yes, I was convinced he was going to back out of the sale right up until the last minute because the transporter was booked to arrive to pick up the car. And I, I just had this weird sneaky suspicion that I was going to get a call from the transporter guy saying, yeah, he, he, he can't changed go through with it. <laughs> yeah. He's changed his mind. And I just, I was, exp- so the day of pickup was a real nervous kind of day. And then eventually I got this call from the transporter and I was like, Oh no. And he said, Oh, I've got it. I'm on my way. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so, um, so I, so I'm, if Ben ever listens to this, the car is being immaculately cared for. Um, I do my best to, to keep his, his dream and my new dream alive. Nice. Now the question is, did your wife let you also buy a lift? <laughs> uh, well, I don't have a lift in the garage, but I'm going to get one at some point. Um, I do have a friend who has one in his garage. Um, he's a classic car collector, nice. so I can throw it on that every now and again and, ch- and detail under it. <laughs> but um, I don't drive it much, and it doesn't get driven in rain. I mean, Ben yeah. didn't drive the car in rain for the last 20 years, and I think it was driven. There's certainly signs that it was driven in the rain, possibly in the 80s. But um, it hasn't been in the rain for a long time, and it won't be in the rain. So it, it tends to not need detailed under, yeah, yeah. under the underside too often. Well, in Atlanta, Georgia versus San Francisco, California, the weather is a bit better here. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how much do you drive the car? Um, it's my Sunday car. I take it out maybe once a month uh, down the coast. I love driving the one in California. Yeah. So driving down the coast. I've got my little loop where I drive to Pescadero. I get a sandwich in. There's a beautiful little store there you can get a sandwich in. My wife and I, you know, love that little loop. However, of course, with the new kid, uh-huh. um, we're not going to be able to do that as often. So I'll probably, I've taken it, you know, I take it to work once or twice, you know, you know, a quarter just to show it off because my work colleagues love to see yeah. it. So it's really probably not going to get driven as much. Um, it, it, it's, it's only been driven about, you know, about, 1500 miles since I got it uh, almost two years ago. Yeah. But, um, well, I new, try to keep it good. New baby takes precedent. The car will be just fine <laughs> yeah. sitting there. I know you're going to take care of it while it's sitting in the garage even, but get to let the baby get settled in and you guys got to get settled. If this is, if this is your first baby, I'm guessing it is. Yeah. yeah. So you've taken it out on Sundays for Sunday drives and what yeah. about car shows? Have you done many car shows? Um, not car shows, more like cars and coffee events in the Bay Area, which are really cool. They're like Sunday morning get-togethers where you can turn up with your car at 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And, you know, various owners of, goodness, everything from old classic cars to Ferraris turn up and kind of show off their cars. So I've done that a few times up at um, Blackhawk Museum in yep. Danville, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. And it's also just a great excuse to get up there and see my buddy Moore, who's got a DeLorean as well. So it's, a, it's just a great, ah, great good. excuse to get up there. Um, so yeah, I do that sometimes, but um, I, I, any excuse, I'll take it out. But, um, <laughs> Same here. I, I always tell people I'm, when I don't get out much anymore, but when I'm talking to friends, I'm like, give me a reason to bring the DeLorean because I'm not, I generally don't drive it just to go meet somebody for dinner. I'll take my, my Jetta for that. But if somebody <laughs> hasn't seen it before or if it's a beautiful day or whatever, I'm like, give me, give me a good reason because I like getting it out. So you mentioned you take it to work every now and then. I'm wondering how many other DeLoreans are, and I used to work at Microsoft, so I know, and this is back in the 90s, even <laughs> then there were you know, 40 or 50,000 people. Now I'm sure it's double that. Um, so I didn't know everybody, but at Apple, do you know any other owners or have you seen any other DeLoreans at work? I do. There's one other owner um, who's, I think he's, he's had his car for about 15 years, but um, I don't think he drives it into work very often and he works in a different building from me. So 
Um, it's definitely one other owner I'm aware of, and it's also an owner that um, lives in the East Bay whose wife works in one of the buildings along from me who spotted my car, you know, parked outside one day. Um, and, you know, I got a message from them. So that was really cool. So there's definitely a few owners. I'm, I'm sure there's more Apple. Goodness, it's a big company. Sure. So, um, but there's only one I'm aware of. Nice. I'm always interested in how many people got the bug because of Back to the Future. I, I've said it before. There are some owners that get all hyper and upset that everybody loves Back to the Future. But that's what made the car a star. If it hadn't been for that, we wouldn't get the smiles on the freeway and the pictures on the freeway and the stop signs and everything else. So... How soon after you saw the movie, you said you were six, at what point did you decide you were going to buy a DeLorean? Um, I thought I wanted a DeLorean since, goodness, since forever. Well, I mean, for, for real. For, for real. Um, yeah. Not, not just like, oh, that'd be a cool car to have, but at some point something clicked and you went, oh, I can get it. I can actually buy one of these. Um, probably just in the last couple of years, because I finally had savings to buy one. Oh, okay. um, be before that, it was more like a kind of dream. I remember my wife and I, we traveled the U.S. back in 2005. Uh, and we, we even took a detour so that we could drop into the, um, the Bonita Springs DeLorean mm -hmm. branch that was there at the time. Oh. And I got to see the prototype DeLorean. I got to sit in one. And even back then, you know, as far back as 2005, I was, you know, completely, you know, besotted by them. Yeah. Um, but I just, like like many people, just didn't have the money to buy one. Sure. Um, even, at, you know, the, I think they were a lot cheaper back then, but it's still a big investment. And I didn't want to go and take a bank loan out to get one. I know a lot of people do that. Oh. Um, but knowing knowing how, you know, how much money you have to pour into these cars, you know, for, you know, the least little thing can go wrong with them any second. Right. It's not for the, it, ownership is not for the faint of heart or oh, it really, it really is not. Yeah. Even if you buy a nice car, like I bought a beautiful car and it's still, you know, it's still got, you know, little things, you know, when I bought it, it had an oil leak that needed to get fixed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It had, right. it had things that still needed to get done to it. So even if you find a pristine example out there, chances are you'll be, tens of thousands of dollars you know eventually more to get it you know yeah to get yeah it. exactly well it's some unless unless ben changed the you know the window motors they're going to go at some point the antenna motor is probably going to exactly. go at some point so i think owners that have their cars now are you know making them even nicer rob grady posted something on dmc talk the other day that it says you know he's re realized a lot of customers are now into perfecting their cars and are trying to make them as nice as possible to, to preserve them you know over the years i think when the the values were lower maybe people run them into the ground a little bit more yeah. but i think people the owners now i think mostly want to try and you know keep their car as nice as possible and make it better over time but you know, and I think your point about Back to Future is interesting. I'm so ha so glad for Back to Future, and I think owners should be as well, because without Back to Future, I mean, DMC Houston might not exist, might not have a business model. You know, to, you know, there yeah. might not be enough people that want to buy the cars. Right. You wouldn't have people like Rob Grady that flies over the U.S. servicing cars. Chris Nicholson comes over to regrain cars. It's such an amazing um, community of you know service you know centers and just you know parts you know you've got delorean go you've got dmch yeah. um you've got delorean europe all of these companies you know exist because i would imagine primarily because of the the love of the car and the movie but yeah because of the movie directly there's just look at pick any other car that only had a limited run of ten thousand. i'm not a car guy but look yeah, around either you know pick pick a car that had a, a run of five hundred thousand. And you can't get parts for a lot of stuff. It's amazing that we're lucky that we had that giant warehouse that, you know, DMC, the whole backstory, you know, whoever made mistakes, that there was all these parts left over. If it hadn't been for that, it would have been a bigger pain. But over 35 years, people would have figured it out. You know, there's a there's good crossover lists out there now. Uh, I know for a long time, PNDC up in Seattle had kept a good crossover list going. I just put up a crossover list on DeLoreanDirectory.com to try to collect and gather all those odds and ends of parts that people can, you know, uh, figure out like, Oh, I know that this, these brake shoes work on the car. Well, you know, <laughs> you can go down to the corner auto parts store and pick them up for a couple bucks. Um, the led lights and the fan belts and all the, all the little things that will just make it easier if there's that good crossover parts list. Um, but then there's the doors and the fenders. <laughs> 
And it's also I, I'm, it's also trying to support the vendors as well because you know we need those guys to be around. Yeah. You know, so I try. I you know I Rob Grady flies into Northern California, so I, you know I get him to service my car every six months when he's out, and get you know I get get through the little to do list of things to do. Um, and it, I think it's important we support those guys. And I, I'm always like trying to make sure that you know my money goes there so that these guys are still around in another 20, 30 years. Because I mean, what other cars that are almost 40 years old have the same kind of level of parts availability? And even if the parts are no longer available, there's still an active community and you know and or business willing to remanufacture, which you know is amazing. For us, the difference is we have movie car, and that's what yeah. You know, it's the old thing about parking the DeLorean next to a blank, the Lamborghini or Ferrari or whatever. People smile at the DeLorean and not so much at the Ferrari. Oh, they hate it. They really <laughs> hate it. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the one. But this is the smile machine. I think you've mentioned I that have. before. I call it this. I call it the smile machine, too, because there's no other car out there that has a lack of pretentiousness about it like the DeLorean, because you get yeah. those other cars, you know, the, the, the Maseratis and the, and no disrespect to anyone yeah. that's got these cars, yeah. of course, but uh, Ferraris, etc. And of course, you, you always kind of roll your eyes a little bit and go, okay, too much money. <laughs> and then you see someone with a DeLorean, it's just like, whoa, you, 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 you kind of get that kind of, and I just love the reactions it gets. It's really sweet. And you can't fuel up the car without, you know, getting someone running over. Um, but, you know, that's, you're driving around a movie car, essentially, and people love it. And that's, I love this is why I love talking to people on and doing the show because it's something just clicked. When you see Magnum PI driving around in a, that was a Ferrari, right? Yeah. When you see him driving around the Ferrari and then you see that that uh, Higgins owns the car and he lives in a mansion and they fly helicopters, the mental <laughs> connection is, "Oh, you must be super rich." And it just dawned on me, how does everybody know the DeLorean? They saw a crazy scientist who lives in a garage who was able to buy a DeLorean. I wonder if there's some kind of a mental connection with that, that it's not, yeah, it's not a multi-million dollar car. It's not something that you have to be super rich to own. We all know that they're not $100,000 cars, but most people don't have any idea what they cost. Kind of, exactly. that's kind of fun to think about. I think everyone is a part of the DeLorean though. I mean, everyone's grown up with it. So it's part of their own, it's part of pop culture. It's part of their culture. And I think when they see it, because there's so few in the road, the chances of being in the right place at the right time to see one, I think it just sparks that kind of immediate rush of, you know, nostalgia and just, it's, it's, it's yep. just met with such a warmth. And I, I just love the car. I love the car anyway, regardless of the look back. I think it's one of the most beautiful cars ever made in the history of the planet. I love my car. <laughs> Same here. It's hard to say. Is it? No. I think, I think everyone listening to this, like, deeply, deeply loves their car. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, I'm looking at it right now. I'm literally, I'll send a photo <laughs> of, of, of my setup here. I'm literally just sitting just right in like to the side of my car nice. just looking at it as we're talking and it's just like yeah i, I love it I, sometimes when i first bought it i didn't have a garage at my house um, i lived in the middle of san francisco so i rented space in a, in a it's a friend of a friend had a classic car garage and every time you know i'd go over to see it and my wife used to joke joke are you just going over to cuddle it are you really going over to do anything other than just give it a big hug and sometimes yeah it's just i just want to go over and hug it <laughs> so the number of times that I've heard these exact words, this is the first time I've seen a DeLorean in real life. Th those exact words a couple hundred times just in my short ownership. So I'm wondering in the 1500 miles that you've driven the car and the cars and coffees and wherever else you've taken it, does any experience pop, pop to the top of your mind that just kind of was mind blowing that you didn't expect or that was just really a great story? Um... Not really. I think it's just just those great. It's, the, it's all those little moments that add up. All those like, the, especially at car shows when kids come over and little kids that don't even know what they're looking at, yeah. never seen Back to the Future, yep. are just like, "What is that? <laughs> that is the coolest thing ever!" And every you know, the kids want to sit in it. And I I think it's the I think no big moment really, but just just all those little moments that add up that just make it such a a joyous car to own. Yeah. Um, I think that the sum of the parts for me is just 
um, I love that I can share the the joy with other people. You know, when people see it, and I, I always give the time to talk about it. I've got little flyers printed out <laughs> inside my glove box that I can hand out that have some funny Q and A answers in the back. Um, that you know, it, it's just knowing that it's going to get attention, yeah. and knowing that you you're, you're not going to slip under the radar going out in your Delorean. No, you're not. <laughs> definitely not. So. Uh, what, um, does, so yes, all those little moments. What about uh, does your wife feel similar to you, or is it just a car to her? Does she really enjoy going out and talking to people the way you and I and other owners do? Oh, my wife. Yeah, I think if anything's going to divorce us, it'll be the DeLorean. Uh, if she hears one more <laughs> mention of the DeLorean or me spending any more money on the <laughs> damn DeLorean, she's going to friggin' kill me. I, <laughs> I do, I do not care because this, because I've been in this kind of weird journey since I bought the car to perfect every last detail. Ben, the previous owner, did such a beautiful job over the last 20 years. But I've been nitpicking and getting in there. Oh, this could be better. This could be better. And of course, I've been on eBay and I've bought, I've got an NOS Grey Dash in the original oh, box wow. behind me. Um, I've got an original set of never installed seat covers in another box. Wow. Uh, and I've been kind of collecting all of those you know, little rarities that, for example, the car, the seat covers that are on the car right now are the DMC H ones, which I really like. Yeah. I think they did a beautiful job, the reproductions. But I got an original set just because maybe someday I might want to get, you know, put the original ones back on. But I think they'll probably end up just sitting in the box. And for today, for example, just arrived a brand new never installed steering wheel which is the kind of the, the, the finishing touch for the interior. And I also managed to find a never installed gray binnacle, which are super wow. rare. One popped up on eBay maybe a year and a half ago around about the holidays. Wow. And, um, and I just had to have it. And I think I paid about $1,200 or $1,400 for it. <laughs> so, um, so I apologize if anyone's listening to this. Yeah, I'm the guy that, <laughs> that paid way too much for the binnacle. And to your wife more so. <laughs> Yeah, I think she 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 knows I love it. She knows I, it's my passion car. I think it's just got to the point now where, uh, you know, enough is enough. I think that was her. <laughs> that was her kind of thing the other day because I just got the wheels refinished this weekend. Oh yeah, that was kind of one of the those pictures are beautiful. Yeah, they did a great oh, thank job you. on those. Oh yeah, they did, and, and I, I also repainted the luggage compartment about a week ago as well because I've been using my paternity leave again. This has been <laughs> driving my wife insane. She goes, "You're not meant to be in paternity leave to like play with the car. You're meant to be in <laughs> looking after a new son and looking after me." So uh, yeah, okay, I'm a bit of a bad dad at the moment. You know, I've got to take I've got to take care of my first son. You know? my first son's a Delorean. <laughs> so yeah, your uh, trunk area that you just repainted that was what prompted me to get a hold of you because that was such a beautiful amazing job and i'll, I'll put you. the pictures on this on the episode page here because sincerely i'm like i want to do that i i am i'm not the guy that is driving the car into the ground and doesn't care about it but i'm not you right i'm not the perfectionist <laughs> i of course i have these dreams and ideas about oh i'm going to do this and this and i want it to be perfect but I live, you know, I got a one bedroom apartment with a one car garage that was built in, you know, 1949. So the garage <laughs> is not designed for this wide of a car. I can't really work yeah. on it here. And, you know, my car was sat in a garage for a long time. The paint is, a lot of the paint is starting to kind of, not flake, but it's doing that oxidation slash flaking around the door, the door jams. Yep. And inside yeah, they the all trunk. do that. And it, all, it looks like it was a bad spray paint job, but. I'm the second owner. The first owner just left the car in the garage. They didn't do anything to it. I know they did not paint it. So this isn't just a bad paint job, or maybe it was bad from the factory, but it's going to need some, some good TLC, and I'm going to have to sand it and prep it and paint it. And when I saw your photos, I'm like, that is inspiring. I hope everybody goes and looks at those because that looks like – tell, tell us about that because it looks like something that anybody could do. Oh yeah, you could. You can definitely do it. I think I said in the post, "The devil's in the detail." You've got to take so much time to prep and mask off every last detail. Um, and again, as a perfectionist, I was like masking off. You know, all, the least little thing was getting covered up. And I also took a, a kind of not a sanding pad, but one of those. Um, uh, 3M pads just to kind of rub things down before I painted it. The crazy thing is it didn't really need painted. This is just like kind of my obsessiveness <laughs> is is I've kind of, I've almost got everything perfect and now I'm kind of up, you know, trying to refine every last detail. And I'm not too worried about the originality. I know, I think it was probably refinished. Um, I, I know that the paint in it was not original because I think the original paint in the car has a slight sheen to it. Mm. There's a, a slight shine to it. Uh, so I think it's been painted at least once in its history. Um, but I just wanted to freshen up. So I, I masked everything off. 
um, meticulously took me, of course, take the hood off. Um, then what I did is you've got those straps that hold in the spare wheel. Uh, so I had to kind of cover those up. And because, you know, you can't just let, let them hang down because you won't be able to spray under it. So what I did is I used a pulley system in my garage where the, the, garage, the garage door opener is um, to hold those straps up. And of course, there's also the, 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 um, the hood latch as well. So I managed to somehow get those suspended in the air <laughs> away, from the, away from the body so I could spray around about it. So yeah, it was about a full day of prep. I think I spent 12 to 14 hours prepping it. Um, way overkill. And of course, I wanted to make sure the paint didn't get anyth anything else. Yeah. And the actual paint job was only like 10 minutes. And the SEM paint that a lot of people use is very hard to work with because it can get patchy really quickly. Hmm. Um, so you have to paint it in really hot temperatures or what I've found. If you, if you paint it in too cold temperatures, it doesn't, for whatever reason, it gets patchy. Oh. So I, I, I painted it in kind of almost like 70 plus degree heat. And also the back of the can says like flash time, you know, three to, three to five minutes. Oh goodness, that Jeez. doesn't work because what happens is it dries too quickly and the, you can see the other layer on top. So I had to use the, reduce the flash time down to 30 seconds, which just meant that as it was just drying, the other coat was hitting it. Oh wow. Um, so that it just kept it super even. So it's, yeah, it, it turned out really nicely. Um, I also had a brand new NOS hood that I found. I don't know if you noticed photos. I found this never installed <laughs> brand new 1981 grooved hood in Los Angeles that was sitting in a retired body shop owner's collection. He, he wow. had all these parts from his, his shop days. And it was one he said, he told me it was his favorite part. And he was going through a couple of health issues. So he's starting to sell off his old parts. Uh, and he had this never installed NOS hood that has never had carpets on it, never had a hood seal wow. on it. It was immaculate. Oh, yeah. yeah, it looked like it was plywood under there, right? Yeah, well, it's actually, it was kind of green. It's, it's, there's a green paint that they put on the stainless in the factory. Maybe it's just discolored over the years. But the handwritten date is still on the, 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 um, the hood. I think it was, I think it's like the middle of August, 1981. And I just love, I don't think I'll cover that up. I just love having <laughs> that there because it's so, it's so original. And I'm not going to put a hood seal on the car because the car never gets driven in rain. Yeah. So I'm not going to put a hood seal on it because those things never stick down properly. Hmm. Like the glue, they, they always peel up. I, maybe some owners out there have had better success, but from what I've seen, they're, they're pretty hard to get on. But yeah, so I did, I did the hood, but what I'm trying to say is the SEM, I, I repainted the, the fiberglass portion of the hood, yeah. but it came out all patchy. Oh. Uh, it came out really patchy, so I had to rub it down and do it again because, again, that was I did it. The temperature wasn't right. I left too long between the, the coats. So uh, if if anyone needs any advice on how to SEM paint anything in their DeLorean, <laughs> I'm happy to happy to give some advice. Well, being that yeah. being that you were you had to do it quickly, did you break it up into the different sides? Like you only did the the passenger side wall of the trunk first, and did a couple coats on it, and then you moved on, mm -hmm. or? Had, no, I moved there. I moved around the hood, the, the, the luggage area continuously as I was spraying. I literally emptied a full can. I didn't stop spraying. I just kept moving wow. because the flash time right. from doing what. So yeah, you've got to just keep moving because it, you know, you're almost dusting the car like in, a, in an even coat so that it's it's consistent. Um, so I, I burned through a full can, I think, in there without stopping. Mm. Um, and there was just enough time between you know one side to the other side for it to just start. Um, flashing yeah so yeah it's I, I wouldn't say i've perfected it but it does look pretty good um so I'm, I'm really happy with it looked amazing to me without seeing it in person how, how how much did you sand on it you said a full day of prep but i don't know if that was just taping or did you wet sand it or was it all dry sand no just dry it wasn't even it wasn't even a sand it was one of the um 3m kind of fin rub finishing pads oh, a very okay. very fine finishing pad so it was really just to kind of buff out some of the little spots and just flat 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 a few things down and of course most DeLoreans have probably got that unsightly um kind of like the silicon that goes round about yeah. the fuel yep. um, hatch uh, so i i managed to scrape most of almost 95 percent of that off so that you know when i'm i'm not painting over the silicon um, so I tried to, so I was using it to basically buff down the old silicon, uh, uh, which is a real pain in the ass to remove. If anyone's yeah. tried to remove that, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it was worth it. It looks, I'm really happy with it. I need to do the engine bay now, but to be honest, that that's a, that's a whole other job because I don't want to have to remove the rear front fascia ever on the car because <laughs> you don't get them back um, on. Right. No, for whatever reason, they don't seem to go back on right. So yeah. I'm, I, I do need to repaint. That's the last thing I need to do in my car is repaint the fascias. They were repainted maybe about 15 years ago by the previous owner. And the, the color's not completely accurate. 
Um, it, it looks great under like cloud cover, but on sun, it, it, it's a slight discoloration. It's a little too green. Oh, wow. Um, so that's, that's the one thing I want to get done sometime. But it was repainted on the car last time. So if I ever get it repainted, I want to find a place that's going to do a good job and be, and be willing to do it on the car yeah. with all the proper prep work. Right. So I'm going to leave that right now because my wife will kill me if I spend another <laughs> cent. So that's, that's, that's a future thing. Well, we're, we're new owners and I don't know anybody that intends on buying the car and only keeping it for a couple of years. So you've got a yeah. lifetime to be working on the car. Exactly. And it's, yeah, I don't think there's a big rush. There's not, but I, I'm, I'm impatient. I like to have <laughs> things finished. <laughs> so, and I, I, so yeah, that's a good point. I really should balance, like stretch <laughs> things out over a longer period of time, but I don't, I just want to get it finished. Yeah. I want to get it as perfect as possible. But do you want to know what there, there's, there's, there's no such thing as a perfect DeLorean. Every single DeLorean. I mean, I've, I know an original owner in the area who's got, an, you know, he was pointing out all of the original flaws that were, you yeah. know, as it came from the factory. Right. And it, it's kind of mind-blowing, actually, as to how these cars were originally shipped out to customers. It, you know, the fit and finish was so poor often. That's why the QACs were invented. I've, one of the QACs was is down here just 20 minutes away from me, and now it's a Home Depot. But um, <laughs> in fact, I, I don't know if I mentioned it in a, a while back, but me and another owner met up there one day, and we were driver door to driver door, just sitting in our cars chatting. And it was a beautiful day, and I'm pretty sure, I think it was a Saturday. And of course, everybody keeps driving by, giving thumbs up, honking, taking pictures. And then this one guy comes <laughs> walking up, talking to us. Turned out that his office is right next door, and he's been there for 30 years. So he saw when it was the DeLorean QAC, when they would bring oh, the car, wow. the, the diesel trucks in full of DeLoreans to get the fit and finish fixed. And then they'd send it back out to the dealers. It's crazy, is it? But they're all, but that's, that, I think that's the beauty of the cars as well as embracing the imperfections. I remember before I bought my car, I spoke to James Esprey at DMC Houston and he was trying, he was basically basically saying if you're a perfectionist please don't buy a delorean like just just don't because well, you're never going to be happy what other modifications uh, have you done to your car oh goodness um oh, it's all it's it's little things um it's like the the front you know the air vent yeah. above the um, the rock grill the no the air vent above the stereo oh for example the le the left one had a slightly broken you know one Fan. of the little flaps yeah. was broken inside so i replaced that um, just little things throughout the car, like when I bought the car, it had a, a near perfect hood on it, um, but it had a dent on it. It had a big dent from a stone chip about 15 years ago oh. that the previous owner had tried to get out because he's, he's a, um, a dent repair guy. Um, but it just didn't come out. And I assumed Chris Nicholson, the legendary Chris Nicholson, who can I just give a big shout yeah. out to that guy is a total artist. Yeah. He's, I, uh, if anyone said their car regrained by Chris or any work by Chris, Oh my goodness, we're so lucky to have him in the community. I saw him just at DCS two years ago working on a car in the in the showroom or in the you know display area. Amazing that he could that what he could oh. do to a car. However, he couldn't get the den out <laughs> of this hood, so I was completely gutted because I'd found this DeLorean with this hood without the X, and I was like, oh my goodness. So Rob Grady um, very kindly sent me one of his from his collection, and Chris Nicholson hand selected it and sent it over to me but it wasn't it was far from perfect yeah. uh, it w didn't meet my ridiculously high <laughs> standards so and that's why i've been looking ever since for like another uh, grooved hood and I, that's when i found that one i mentioned nice. in la and I'm, I'm it's just oh it's such a beautiful <laughs> hood <laughs> I, I, it's like i'm fine, fine but yeah everything else is just things like you know refinishing the wheels the wheels were lovely but i just wanted to get them perfect yeah. um and just, oh, lots of minor things it's I, I, like a lot of screws have replaced um, I know just down into those little details, uh, the headlights were even a simple replace. The headlights are such a big, such a cheap fix to look amazing because the headlights, the Sylvania ones, the, the original ones get very yellow around the glue line. Yeah. So just by buying a set of four, I think they're 30 bucks or something. Just, yeah, they're like just, eight or, eight like or putting, 10 bucks per, per Yeah, line. it's like putting new eyes in the front of your car. <laughs> they just look so crisp and like they're like jewels. So uh, little things like that, that I mean, little things that no one will notice except me but they're I, i'm aware of them well you know and have you have you little side drag have you seen toby peterson's led headlights yeah oh. they're they're crazy I, I, i've <laughs> seen other led headlights for the door and they never look right they you can see the little bulbs in there and they you're looking at the front of the car the car does not look right but i with toby's you can't tell until they're on like i think they 
they're not obviously original, but as close as they're going to get. And they, I'm super excited. Just a little more money than I'm willing to spend right now, but those are beautiful. Yeah, they look great. They're so. I think I've still got the. I've got the original ones on it. They're pretty low. The dim. They're, they're very dim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but I kind of like them. I, I don't know why. I I don't know why. Like I don't like white lights. You know when cars are driving towards yeah. and you have that really crisp. I don't like that. I like warm, like a really warm light at night. So I kind of like the old fashioned original ones. No criticism here, but I'm curious because new owner and you you want the car to be perfect. Are you scared of getting to the point where you're scared of driving the car? Oh, I'm almost I'm almost there already actually. That's oh. a really interesting question and it's a it's something I think when I first got the car I was a little nervous driving it but as it get, yeah, it's a weird it's a really yeah. weird concept and I I remember reading you know Matt Farr who had the the yeah. DeLorean. I think he sold it and he yeah. he mentioned that one of the reasons he got rid of it, he was like scared to death of driving it. Yeah, and it's it's weird. There there is definitely an, an an element of anxiousness that that's involved in taking it out for a drive, and it's weird because you really should enjoy the drive. And I I, I worry that sometimes when I go out, you know, I take it out. I'm more like nervous about people's road position. You know, you're watching because yeah. people just don't. They're either they either don't see you if they're in a truck, yeah. or they're too busy playing with their phones trying to get you know trying to take a video of your car. They're almost running into you. Yeah. It, it, it's a it's a bit of a hazard, uh, and it does worry me. But um, I tend to take the car out when it's not too busy outside. I don't take it out in rush hour, so that it's a manageable traffic situation that I can sure. I can deal with. But yeah, it, it definitely there's a nervousness about it. I mean, my, I'm sure there's cars way more perfect than mine that, that for sure for sure and, but i think owners out there that have those you know nice pristine examples i'm sure can relate to the nervousness involved and and that's where the question comes from because like i said i'm that middle guy i'm not the guy that trashes the car and i'm not the perfectionist i really want to enjoy the car i want to share the car and i think every car out there needs to have some pristine perfect models that people can look at 10 20 30 50 years later but I kind of, maybe it's selfish, I kind of just want to enjoy the car. So I'm not worried about getting it dirty and not detailing it every other day. And again, no judgment against you or anybody that does that. Um, but, but I wonder at what point are you going to go, well, yeah, I don't want to drive it because it's too nice and everything's perfect. And then you end up with a museum piece rather than a car that you can share. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's great, Dave, that you're doing that. And that part of me is like, I wish I had the money to buy a second one that I could have that kind of experience with, not, you know, where you have your you have your museum piece yes. and then you have your your driver. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't have a, I don't have the budget for that, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it's just the way I am. I'm, I think ever since I was a kid, I've just been an obsessive perfectionist. And um, I know James Esprit, DMCH, DMC Houston, if he ever listens to the goes, go, oh, I know that Colin, he's a freaking pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, sorry, James. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, it's definitely getting like that. But I mean, my car is like, it's it's fairly pristine. I'm sure there's people out there that have even more pristine examples. But yeah, I think, it, I still enjoy it though. I, I still let people sit in it at car shows and oh, you know, the kids can jump in and get their photo in it. I'm not too anal about it, but you know. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't want to sound like some crazy owner. No, no. I mean, there there are some out there that are, that are like that, but um, I just because it sounds like you are building a you know putting a really nice car together, and that's always an interesting question. In the two years that you've had the car, you've met a lot of people. Does a an amazing piece of advice pop into your head that someone told you, whether it's about driving the car, owning the car, sharing the car, anything that you tell other owners or other people thinking about buying a DeLorean? Um, oh, it's a good question. I think the one thing is the, is the the sheer amount of money it costs to own a DeLorean, depending on your level of where you want to be and you know how good a condition you want to get in it. Yeah, it, it's quite sobering actually, and it only gets more expensive. <laughs> for example, I think maybe ten, five to ten years ago, you could pick up a really beautiful car for like in the mid thirties. Yeah. Um, and now you're you're well into the forties and fifties to get like a a, a, a real pristine example. Yeah. But even if you get that. I guarantee it's got a shit ton of things right. that you still need to do to it. And I mean, I, I, I had that experience. I bought what I thought was, a, you know, the most pristine car I could find in within my spec. And I still had a shitload of stuff to still do to it. And I'm sure other owners out there can relate to that. Um, and it, it, it's... Yeah, it's kind of exhausting, actually. <laughs> um, so that was... Nice. I would say if you're going to buy a DeLorean, really understand, like, like really know what you're getting into. Yeah. 
not just not just from an ownership and ser- who's going to service the car can you service yourself yeah. if you can't that's the thing if you can't service your car yourself it gets really expensive yeah um i i don't service it myself I, i'm not a big car guy you know i love the delorean but I, you know, I can do an oil change i can do some basic things but you know every time you know rob brady comes out i mean he's he's a total you know, oh he's amazing genius in what he does but he's you know he costs money he's expensive yeah. so you know if you get him to look at your car every six months or a year you know that that total in a sense adds up and if you get you know if you if he looks at your car and you know works on it you know over a period of 20 years you could buy another delorean for the cost of that so <laughs> exactly. you you have to really understand what you're getting yourself into however there's owners out there that really if you if you're totally mechanically minded and you know cars inside and you can work on your car sure go for it if you don't know your head your you know anything about cars and your your knowledge is very limited in ability to service your car it's going to get very expensive yeah that's my biggest thing uh it's really just knowing what you're getting getting yourself into just from experience i've, I've been there and um it's kind of sobering yeah. actually so i'm in 1500 miles and a, and a pristine car to start with i'm guessing you haven't had a breakdown story nope not yet touch wood <laughs> <laughs> um no i've, I've had, a, had a had a hot start issue with it in the first year yeah um that was fixed by um when it because the car gets shipped down to um dmcca california and yeah. um, danny and uh, cameron yep. uh, took care of you know a couple of things because when i bought the car it had a bae turbo system on it and um, which had to get removed for california because you can't run a, a turbo in california yeah. yep so i got that converted to stock and i think they they put an accumulator on it i think it was a four cylinder i'm not sure i'm not sure the terminology but um rob put um the proper sized accumulator on it, and as soon as that happened the hot start issue went away oh, nice. which was good so I've, I've had a few issues um with it um but thankfully, no breakdowns yet. I'm sure I'm going to have the the the, the ride of the shame, pickup truck of shame, the ride of shame at some point. It's going to happen. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen someday. And <laughs> but uh, my 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 goal is to try and keep it in as you know keep it sure keep it oiled, keep it moving, so that doesn't happen. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen to all of and us. And I so. uh, two and a half years from my car, I just had my first ride of shame. And no. since the last episode, and I haven't posted the pictures and the story up on my website yet for the car. Uh, I was coming back from seeing Ready Player One, a uh, late mm-hmm. show, and I, I don't know, I was six miles away from home, jumped on, jumped, I stopped to get gas, jumped on the freeway, drove three miles, got off the next exit, and as I'm getting off, I noticed that my, uh, the battery light is flashing, you know, the alternator light, mm-hmm. and immediately I, I thought, ah, oh, the alternator is going, right, my battery's not charging. Well still being a new owner, not hearing all the stories yet. And it was nighttime and I have an issue with the way the instrument cluster is laid out, you know, behind the steering wheel. I didn't notice it. I get off the off ramp and I'm waiting at the red light. I turn right, I get up to the next light and I am literally (laughs) half a mile away from home. I mean, I I could walk from where I was at as I'm sitting at the red light waiting to turn left. Then I look over to the other side, the opposite side of the instrument cluster. And I see my temperature gauge is at the first orange notch. And I immediately, my head swivels around. I look behind me, and sure enough, steam dumping out of the the engine. And I'm like, oh, crap, how long has this been happening? And I've got, I'm like, I'm in a, this is Orange County. I'm in a major intersection. This is not a side road someplace. I'm like, okay, I can see the needle slowly going up. I can still see that there's steam, so there's still water there, but I obviously don't want to blow the engine. That, that. 25 seconds of that, the remaining on that red light killed me. I'm sitting there going, what do I do? Do I turn off or do I wait? Do I push it across? I waited, left the car running, watching that needle like just like a hawk. As soon as it, and I luckily I was at the front. So as soon as it turned green, I shoot across the street and pull into the very first spot, turn the car off before I've even, before I've even finished pulling in. I'm just going to coast it in. And I'm like, crap. I get out. I go look. Sure enough, through the fan belt. Now, thank goodness that was all it was, but it was still, I got freaked out going, how long was it doing that? I didn't notice the red light flashing. Yep. Um, So that that was scary. Yeah, that scares me as well because I I think I I drive a lot. You know, we we get lost in the moment. You're driving along, and every now and again, you just forget to check that temperature gauge. And it's just that moment when you look down and go, oh, (laughs) heck. So um, I can I can I can almost share your terror there, and, that, and you're, that's exactly right. It was terror because when I was a year ago, I was up in Seattle, and Toby told a story about a guy that had done a major overhaul in the car, but didn't want to put in a new radiator. And he drove the car, picked it up, 
drove it 12 miles away and blew the engine because he didn't notice the fan, the radiator, whatever failed, something along up front failed, and he drove it for a long ways with no water. And so that was that was what went through my mind immediately was Toby's story about that. And I'm going, okay, I know I just got gas, you know, three minutes ago, and that's plenty long enough to blow up a engine, but I know that it was fine when I got on the freeway. So um, so after that, and, and then, of course, while DMC is right down the street, it's a fan belt. This was nothing special. And getting it towed to, over to DMC, I'm like, okay, there's – the street I live on, there's 20 auto shops. Anybody could <laughs> loosen the bracket, put it on. Well, this is the other problem. So the first event that I had organized for the Orange County DeLorean Club was that Saturday, and this was late Thursday night. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to try to do this on my own in my garage on Friday when I've got to work and try to prep and get that stuff ready for Saturday. Or this is on Wednesday night. The event started on Saturday afternoon or Friday afternoon. So... um so I was like, okay, I just had it towed to the nearest shop where I'd had some other stuff done to my Jetta, and they put on the new fan belt, no problem. $140 for a belt and, you know, a couple hours worth of labor, an hour and a half labor for them. After that, again, I'm talking to Chris Miles, and we put an article up on DeLorean Talk. Uh, if you get a chance to look at it, you should, depending on how pristine you want the car. I think it's a brilliant idea. <laughs> it's a it's called an alternator tensioner, and I guess a lot of hot rodders have done it for decades. Rather than mm -hmm. having a bracket that you just tighten the bolt on, it's a basically two-ended rod that you turn the middle, and it lo loosens or tightens the tension on the alternator. So if I had had that on my car, once the engine cooled down, I could have literally laid on my back, tightened it up, or you know, loosened it up, loosened the tension on mm -hmm. the belt, put a new belt on, tightened it back up, and been on the road again. So, yeah, um, that's cool. Definitely look at that for you or anybody else listening, because I am blown away uh, at it. I have one in my hand right now that uh, I went and bought the parts from Granger and uh, McMaster Car, and you, you can get the price down to about 20 or 30 bucks, and then it's just a matter of taking the original bracket off. But um, I've driven it to Vegas a couple times. I'm going to DeLorean Week in Las Vegas again in October with the car. And if it's a fan belt, that's like the simplest thing to do. I want to have this this alternator tensioner on there to make it easy to replace. Yeah, that's a good call. Have you been to DeLorean Weekend? And if you haven't been, please make sure that you're planning on going. Yeah, I want to go. I definitely, I wanted to even go to the DeLorean convention this year. Uh, I want to, I probably won't be able to take the, I, I was just thinking I could go, the DeLorean convention is over in uh, Ohio. Chicago. I'm not sure where it is. Chicago. Chicago. So I might just fly out there for one of them. I won't obviously won't be able to take the car, but I just yeah. love to like meet other owners and see what people are up to. Oh. Um, if I wanted to, maybe I could, could take the car to one of the Vegas um, kind of get together sometime. But it's quite a long. I don't want to put too many miles in the yeah. car, and it's, <laughs> see, it's there quite it is a again. long drive. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. That's the thing. Um, you need a second I one. Don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I need to, <laughs> Although my, my wife jokes that you're, someday you're going to buy a second DeLorean just for parts, aren't you? And I was like, <laughs> I was like no, that's, I can't do that. It's crazy. <laughs> but no, I, I really want to make it to one of these conventions because they, they seem so much fun. And I, I love meeting other owners. And I love the, just hearing people talk about their stories. Because like I said, locally, we've got Rich as an original owner. And I love hearing all of his stories yeah. you know, of ownership throughout the years. Um, I, I think it's just mesmerizing to to hear everyone's story and like just figure out why why do you like DeLoreans and I, that's why I love what you do, Dave. I think it's it's fantastic. Thanks. I've listened to all of the podcasts so oh, far, awesome. and it's just it's just such such, such a great um, community of people and a really just nice bunch of people. Really I great. Totally agree. That's for twenty years I wanted the car, and now I finally got it, and I'm so happy meeting more people. Please call. You can do the Vegas one. Don't worry about bringing your car, sincerely. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. uh, I, I put miles in my car. I enjoy my car. And from L.A. to you know Vegas is three and a half, four hours. San Francisco, a little bit further. I promise you, you do not have to have your car there. Everybody that okay, shows up cool. there are owners, and it's an awesome event. It's free. You, know, you pay your own food and whatever events we go do. But just getting to – I've now become great friends with several people from – way outside of my area that I never would have because they came to DeLorean Weekend Las Vegas. I'm going to DCS as well. I'm super excited about that. But for you, you got to go to Vegas. Your wife uh, can come. You guys can do something else. You don't have to spend the entire time with us. But there's other wives <laughs> there. There's other women there. It's not a it's not a good old boys club. Put that on your calendar. 
yeah, I'm going to try to make it out at some point because I want to meet, like, I think we've got such a great community up in Northern California. I want to meet, you know, the other communities as well <laughs> and see how they're doing. Right. Um, it, yeah, definitely, definitely soon. Good. Hey. When you buy your dream car, I, th- I suppose a lot of us have just bought the dream car and you, it's just an amazing experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember back to in the 80s, I remember back seeing the prototype, it, it, you know, in Bonita Springs back in 2005. And now I'm sitting looking at my, my dream car. <laughs> You're sitting and, there. And, I, and, and, and it's weird because my, my wife said, you can get this car and she's allowed me to continually spend on it because this is this is my this is my fancy car. Yeah. You know, I'll never own another. I'm not going to go and buy a a Tesla or, you know, or a Ferrari or a Porsche or something like that. This is my, you know, this is my, this is my dream car. And, and uh, yeah, it's an amazing experience. Um, And maybe someday I'll return to Scotland um, and I might take, of course, I'll be taking the car with me. And there's so few DeLoreans in the road in Scotland, it's definitely going to get some heads turning. Um, But for the, for the, for the foreseeable, for the immediate future, I'm going to be in California for the, you know, for the foreseeable, immediate future. Well, I, there's a lot of DeLoreans in the UK, so if there's anybody out there, I, I really want to do some episodes with people over there because there's a lot of cars. Anybody in yeah. Scotland that has a DeLorean, speak up and send an email or get a find find call on DMC Talk and. Uh, yes, yeah, I want to meet them. I want to meet them because if if and when I come back to Scotland, I want I, those are my go-to guys. I need to find <laughs> someone that's good with the technical side, right? Right. <laughs> because I don't want to have to get the car shipped down to like uh, Chris Nicholson at PJ Grady in, in Essex every time something goes wrong with it. So, right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm willing to meet everyone. That sounds great. One of your other hobbies is I don't know what the right term is. Not techno music. What is it? Um, oh yeah, I write and produce music. It's eighties inspired synth pop. So basically, like Tears for Fears and Aha, kind of all all rolled into one. Um, so that's my hobby on the side. So when I'm not doing the day job and when I'm not tinkering with the DeLorean, um, I'm writing pop music, uh, and it's it's been going going really well. Uh, it's 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 I I released my album two years ago, and. Uh, yeah, I played a sold-out show in LA um, to fourteen hundred people at the um, wow. the Globe Theatre, wow. and also a sold-out show in San Francisco. So it's yeah, it's a really really fun thing, and it's I'm like a, it's in this little bubble. Uh, lots of people have heard of me, but outside that bu- bubble, no one's <laughs> heard of me. So. <laughs> So what's your website or how do people find that? Um, the band, well, the, the, the act name is FM84 uh, and you can just go to FM84.com and it takes you to my Bandcamp page so you can listen to the music and check it out. But it, a lot of people think it's kind of funny because I write kind of 80s inspired synth pop. <laughs> a lot of people think, oh, he just bought a DeLorean because that's what he does. It's weird. No, I, I would have bought the DeLorean <laughs> regardless. <laughs> it's been my dream car. It just happens to be, you know, that... Um, that that's you know the, the interlink there. But what's really cool is that when I before I bought the car, I thought I wonder if they've got the the, the license plate FM84 FM84 is available. And of course, I I typed into the DMV website and it was. So I've is got that, FM84 as oh, my license plate. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's a little showy. It's a little showy, but it's but it, you know you've already got a DeLorean. You're already halfway there with the showiness. <laughs> right. So exactly. M- might as well just go full full steam ahead. If you do another show in LA, please keep me in mind, and then we'll try to get some other DeLoreans to come out and see you there. Absolutely. Well, I suppose I can let it. We are going to be playing in LA later this year. So, oh. uh, so, but no, no dates to announce yet. But we're we're organizing a mini tour. Uh, we're going to be playing New York, Chicago, Austin, LA, and San Francisco. Wow, that's the that's the plan. So a mini tour. Well, I'll drive for sure, but there's probably some other DeLoreans. So <laughs> if you want some DeLoreans there. Hook us up with some, you know, right up front parking and, oh, yeah. and then, uh, you know, keep us in mind and I'll help spread the word. Absolutely. That'd be a fun event. Absolutely. That sounds great, Dave. The question I ask everybody, and I'm going to guess with you, I already know the answer, but I ask everybody, what's in the trunk of your DeLorean? Uh, right now, absolutely nothing because I've, <laughs> you just I've, painted I've, it. I've yet to, I, I've yet to put all the stuff back in there, but what normally lives in there, normally lives in there is I've got the, um, the, the support bar at the front. Uh-huh. So it's normally the carpeted mat with the support bar. I've got a little air compressor, just in case I ever have a problem with the tire. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little air compressor. I usually have one of DMCH's look but don't touch. Signs. <laughs> <laughs> um, to put on the windshield. Uh, and usually um, a little tub of WD-40, a small can of WD-40 mm-hmm. and some rags, because if anyone doesn't know this, WD-40 is the best way to finish your DeLorean, the stainless in the DeLorean, for sure. <laughs> and that's, that's from Chris Nicholson. Um, 
nothing gets it looking as good as WD-40. And believe me, I've tried every single stainless product <laughs> out there. So that that and uh, what else? Are you, that's about it. My luggage compartment's pretty light. Yeah. Uh, do you have that stuff in a some kind of like a Velcro bag, or how is it? How does it? How do you keep it from rolling around the trunk? I don't know. It's just it's just rolling around in there. <laughs> uh, I've I've got a small plastic tub that I keep the rags in, uh, and everything else is. But everything's laid out beautifully. I mean, if you open the trunk, it's all grid. It's all in a big grid, so everything's <laughs> all placed perfectly. It. It's all per horizontal and perpendicular. It's all everything's all beautifully aligned. But <laughs> but it's, of course it's aligned when I leave, but when I get there, it's just rolled <laughs> exactly exactly all around. Well, so, yeah, my, my trunk is pretty, pretty sparse. All right. Call, thank you so much for taking the time, especially with the newborn. Seriously, tell your wife thank you for letting us borrow you for a little bit. And I will. Great talking to you. Oh, you too, Dave. Thanks so much. And thanks for taking the time to do this. I mean, I know we're, you, you, you spend all the time editing it, posting it, updating the website. I think, I mean, I think I found you through Mark, one of the local owners. He posted a link to your uh, your great podcast and i just think it's great that you're doing this for the community um i, I think it's thanks. really wonderful and thanks for inviting me on yeah thanks i, ho I hope i hope my story is interesting <laughs> you know uh, seriously everybody that writes in or, or talks to me says they like hearing people talk about their delorean and their experience so if you don't have communities or you don't have a lot of people this is a good place to hear the stories i i wish we could go on for two hours because it'd be pretty easy with delorean there's we could talk for hours about stuff so, uh, all right. Well, thank you again. And to everybody, everybody listening, uh, please feel free to shoot in questions or if there's something I should be asking, or if you're tired of hearing me ask a certain question, tell me, you're not going to offend me. And, uh, like I said, at the beginning of the show, if you want to be on the show, you've got some good stories and you're not shy, then, uh, let's set up a time to talk and we'll get it done. Check out DeloreanDirectory.com, uh, DeloreanTalk.com and share with other DeLorean owners, share within your community. Oh, and if you are a DeLorean club anywhere in the world, I would love to start getting presidents of the different clubs on to talk about your club and your story at the same time. Uh, all right, everybody, drive safe. Thanks again. Bye.